faithwire.com. A new Disney movie has some Christians warning about its disturbing themes. Plus, the latest on Ukraine as President Zelensky addresses Congress and practically begs Biden to, quote, be a leader. Today is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have those top stories and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faith Wire. You can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe there or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, we'd love to have you with us as we journey through the news every day with a Christian perspective. Joining me, as always, Trey Gons Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire with a look at what is coming up. How's it going, guys? Happy Wednesday to you. Yes, it's hump day. We're there almost. Yep. Halfway point. It's the staple of this. Over the hump. Yeah, over the hump. This is the staple of this program. We keep saying it. But uh, if, you, if the, the world is crazy, we're going to help you get through it. So, yeah. There you right. go. That is an evergreen tweet evergreen. right there. The evergreen world is tweet. crazy. The world is it crazy. It will always be. That will always be true. <laughs> and God's in right, control. So, and God's sovereign over it all. So, there you go. That's right. There you go. Right. Um, so, I'm going to be talking about uh, pro-life lawmakers in Tennessee who have introduced what they're calling a Texas-style abortion ban. Uh, so, we'll get into some of the details of that and the latest on uh, the Texas bill itself. Mm. And as you said, Dan, we're going to be talking about Turning Red, the animated Pixar Disney movie that is sparking a whole bunch of controversy. Yeah. Another, well, I mean, Disney, they're good at sparking this controversy. So I think uh, I think that's where we're going to start today, Billy. So why don't you dive right on into that thing? All right. So, yeah, this movie is getting a lot of different opinions against it and for it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, but what's really interesting is in the mix of all of that discussion, there's really this theology debate going on. And, yeah, you've got to take these things with a grain of salt. But at the same time, as parents, you want to be diligent about what your kids are watching. And so Turning Red is essentially about this this 13-year-old girl, May, who um, ends up having this, turning into this panda. Um, and it's almost like this little, like, possession of sorts. It's an ancestral thing that goes on in her family. Um, and I don't want to spoil the entire movie. But basically, what has come out of this is a number of concerns about the content of the film. Um, the belief that, you know, Movie Guide actually said, and Movie Guide's a great um, site for looking at reviews of films, that uh, this is a movie that you should be very cautious. They actually say use extreme caution because of, quote, false theology. And you have a number of things, you know, and a lot of these movies, it's sort of light fare, right? They may be heavy topics, but it's not necessarily approached in a way where they want to drive it home. In this film, you do have the religious practices of this family outlined at the start. They worship their ancestors. You see them sitting down and sort of, you know, praying to them, essentially worshiping them. And the ancestors then grant them these pandas that it's almost like, again, a possession-like state. And so there has been a whole bunch of discussion. There are some pastors. Mike Signorelli is one of them out of V1 Church in New York City who has been warning I'm telling parents, look, this is not a kid's movie um, and it's a film and we can talk about why it's not a kid's movie in a second, but it's a film that you want to be aware of the theological underpinnings that again was mirrored by movie guide. And, you know, this is really a film. I, I saw this with my kids and I am diligent about reading on every single movie. I go to movie guide. I go to common sense. I, I look all over the place to make sure things are safe. 
this was a situation where I admittedly had not done that um, and for a variety of reasons. And so we were watching this film and I was turning to my wife and saying, huh, that's weird. Hmm, this seems a little strange. And I was having some interesting reactions to it myself before I read any of these other um, critiques on the movie. And so really the why does it matter? It matters because everything our kids watch is is really a window. Their eyes are a window into their hearts, right? And so there's so much going on in culture today. We want to make sure we're aware and comfortable with the things they're taking in. And, you know, there's some other elements here too um, that are non-theological you have um, the, the idea of, of May having her period, right? That's something that's brought up. And of course, that sparked lots of questions for my nine-year-old who was curious about that. Um, these things that you couldn't have known before getting into it, there was also um, mention of the word stripper and some other things. So it, it's got some elements to be concerned about outside of the theological pieces. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's good to be aware. I mean, I, you know, I was we were talking earlier uh, amongst ourselves and uh, I... Even sometimes these movie reviews there, I mean, I'm, our family may be what you would describe as a little uh, on the, uh, the the extreme caution side. We really don't watch a lot of TV. And when we watch movies, we want to get the most benign ones as possible. And, and um, you know, not that we're sheltering kids, but when they're young and stuff, I just don't see the need to uh, push this stuff on them. So anyway, so I'm pretty sensitive on some of this stuff and. And a lot of times these reviewers, you know, you don't know if they have the same sensibilities as you. So I like when they will call out stuff that's even maybe seems ridiculous, like most people are kind of think is a nothing burger. Uh, I want to know so that I can at least be ready to have those conversations if we do decide to watch uh, one of these movies. Because so often, um, as you're going through there, Billy, these themes just run counter to the Christian worldview. And uh, and oftentimes not only just run counter, but are hostile towards it, you know, openly. So, um, you know, it, it's good for us to be informed and to know. And, you know, you just can't trust Disney to be aligning things with a biblical worldview. I mean, you don't say How I know, say I know it's a, I'm going way out on a limb here uh, <laughs> to say that, but never heard that. before. No. So, so I watched the movie last night and I think the best the the really big takeaway for me after watching it is one the movie just should have been geared toward a teen audience i get that it's animated but it's just not a kids movie um because of some of the themes billy that you were alluding to it's just shouldn't have been geared toward a really young audience um but two i think it's a good reminder of the importance of uh parents uh, doing the work of censoring stuff for their kids. Like we can't expect companies like Disney or Universal or whatever to be promoting biblical views or views that are even, you know, morally aligned with scripture. So parents do need to be consulting to your point, Dan, like looking at movie guide and looking at reviews and going to people that you trust uh, to break down some of this content so that one, you can make a decision whether you want to watch something or not. And two, if you do decide to watch it so you can have these conversations, like you can hit pause on the movie and say, okay, we all saw that. Now let's talk about what does it mean? Uh, what are like, what do we believe as Christians? Because this is, this is what the world thinks and the world often turns biblical principles on their head. Uh, so what is, what does scripture say about this issue? Because the reality is whether they're seeing it on Turning Red uh, or another TV show or another movie, uh, they are going to events, eventually be faced with these themes in the real world. So if you're going to watch it, you might as well have the conversation so that they can then maybe have the foundation or the like the spiritual handles 
to to not be caught off guard when they see it in the world and to be able to answer for it if they're challenged on it in in the outside world i wish you'd stop making sense um <laughs> yeah no it's it's true like and so that was on on my part you know admittedly we did not we always do i mean i'm obsessively obnoxious about looking at everything and we had other people who had watched it and, you know, we trusted that. And so, yeah, it's interesting because movie guide also does a great job of pointing out the really good parts of the film, you know, that there are some pro family messages and reconciliation. And, you know, so it's not, it's not all bad, but I do think there's a broader issue here right now in culture. I mean, you go to a Barnes and Noble, there's a Ouija board, the tarot cards are everywhere. It's like Mm -hmm. all of these things collectively sort of pointing young people toward this, you know, this sort of thing. And so this is just sort of like another cog in that chaos, right, of kind of pushing kids toward those or, or exposing them to it. But to your point, they are going to be exposed to it. And, you know, when we were at Barnes & Noble and saw the Ouija board, my nine-year-old asked about it. I talked to her about it in nine-year-old terms. This is what it is. This is why we don't play around with those things. And there you have it. So next time she encounters it, she'll know. Yeah. Mm. No, and it is a good point. There are some good themes in the movie, regardless of the the drawbacks. So I, I honestly think the best takeaway is just gear it toward an older audience uh, and have open discussion. If you're going to watch it, have an open conversation about the movie. Um, so, yeah, 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 I think the, these are principles that we can apply to, to any film. And certainly Turning Red is, is an important one to discuss. So I'm glad I'm glad we talked about it. All right, story number two. So uh, Republican lawmakers in Tennessee uh, have been looking to Texas, uh, and now they have introduced a similar ban uh, on abortion uh, after watching the abortion rate in the Lone Star State fall by at least 60%. So Rebecca Alexander, she's a state representative uh, in Tennessee. She sponsored this bill. She said this bill is modeled directly after the legislation passed in Texas last year. Abortions since that bill has been passed have dropped 60% in Texas, and she used that for her reasoning for why the volunteer state should introduce similar legislation legislation. So if signed into law, the proposal would, just like in Texas, allow private citizens to file civil lawsuits against those who perform abortions. Alexander said it leaves enforcement up to private citizens through civil lawsuits instead of pursuing criminal prosecutions. Uh, The bill, which would allow citizens to sue doctors for up to $10,000, will now go before the House's full health committee for further discussion. Uh, So it's at the very beginning stages. Uh, So what would need to happen is it'll go to the full health committee then if it's advanced from there it would go to the full house uh, just like in you know the u.s congress go to the full house they would vote on it pass to the senate and then uh, the governor who is a republican would ultimately have to either sign it or veto it so uh, but abortion advocates have of course uh, decried uh, the legislative proposal uh, the Choices Memphis Center for Reproductive Health issued a lengthy statement opposing it, but this is just a portion of what they said. Uh, if this bill is allowed to go into effect, people who need abortions will be forced to either travel out of state, not receive the health care that they need, or seek abortions in unsafe situations. Uh, I want to pause real quick to remember like their, the semantical game that so many people play uh, to not receive health care that they need, health care being abortion right which you could make make the case that that is not in fact health care um so just 
pay attention as a, if you're opposed to abortion, you know, as, as believers, pay attention to those word games yeah. uh, when when right. they're played. You know, I think it's important to highlight those because we also talk about like reproductive health. Well, what does that actually mean? They're not right. talking about reproductive health. They're talking about abortion. Right, right. Uh, and if you need to clear it so, up, just ask somebody, you know, how the how the babies do in their follow up appointments yeah. after these abortions. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so Choices Memphis Health, uh, the Center for Reproductive Health, also said this is a heartbreaking decision, talking about the pro-life bill and one that sets Tennesseans back decades. Uh, so news of the pro-life bill in Tennessee comes on the heels of a decision by the Texas Supreme Court, uh, which ruled Friday that state officials do not have a role in enforcing the six-week abortion ban, uh, meaning that they're not appropriate targets for lawsuits, which was the uh, the initial or the, the the foundational claim of abortion providers, uh, they're saying, well, we can we should be able to sue licensing officials in Texas, uh, which would then ultimately trigger a, a serious challenge, a constitutional challenge to the Texas abortion ban. Uh, but that is is no longer allowed. The Texas Justice Jeffrey Boyd wrote uh, that the law initially named Senate Bill 8 includes emphatic, unambiguous, and repeated provisions stating that civil litigation is the is the exclusive method for enforcing the act's requirements. Uh, so since the state's high court ruled licensing officials are not responsible for enforcing the near ban on abortion, the case brought by abortion providers is uh, essentially DOA. Uh, the law's unique focus on private citizens' right to file civil lawsuits instead of establishing like a, a criminal penalty uh, has has essentially allowed the the bill to evade constitutional challenges even mark Heron, the attorney for the center for reproductive rights which was the group that led the challenge against the pro-life bill he said that there is nothing left here uh, this case is effectively over with respect to our challenge to ban uh, to the abortion ban uh, texas attorney general ken paxton celebrated the court's ruling as a major victory he said this measure which has saved thousands of unborn babies remains fully in effect and the pro-abortion plaintiff's lawsuit against the state is essentially finished and then lila rose president of the pro-life advocacy group live action uh, she described the state supreme court's ruling as a big win for children in texas she said the supreme court of texas has ruled against the abortion industry in their litigation against the texas heartbeat law the law will continue to protect children with a detectable heartbeat from the violence of abortion like so i think the takeaway here the the reason that this story matters is because depending on how the supreme court rules this summer on the dobbs case which we've talked about several times here we talked about it a lot uh, back in january during the march for life uh, it could essentially overturn the ruling on roe v wade which would make abortion essentially a state's rights issue so I think that's why we're seeing more and more states starting to take action uh, on abortion, trying to restrict it as much as possible. Texas with six weeks, uh, obviously Tennessee now potentially with a six-week uh, abortion ban, uh, because this is going to be that's the new battleground is no longer going to be Washington D.C. necessarily. It's going to be different states, uh, and you can argue about whether this is the best route to go, whether the Texas route is the best legal route to go down. I think there are good arguments to be made on both sides. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to pay attention to what's happening in states because, like I said, this is going to become a state's issue rather than a federal issue moving forward. Mm. Yeah, and I think you're right about the concern in the bill. While it's, all, you know, great that less uh, babies are, you know, being impacted by this, you know, it's like 
where where else can this be used you know think about it from other issues that's you know always a good way to determine whether or not a law is actually good or not is okay well what happens if they apply this to the second amendment you know what happens if they apply this to another issue that i that i you know want people to have actual rights on um and does it hold up you know and and can it be used to to curb something another you know something else that's actually should be you know a right uh, in this country so so there are definitely concerns on it you know but in the in the short term you know you can be thankful that um people are getting you know that there are less abortions happening there in in the state although i mean we've had reports on cbn as well about how people are ordering the uh, pill via mail and mm, or just yeah. driving out of state and going into you know another state now texas is a big state so if you're in the middle of it you got a lot of driving to do to get another state but or you could hop on a plane i guess so and a substantial proportion are coming through the mail, right? So like in general now yeah. of all abortions. So Yeah. So so there's of course ways around it and this is going to be a fight and I, but I'll never understand it guys. You know, as you mentioned Trey and paused for that, you know, my my eyes I had to pull them out of the back of my head when they were talking about people who need <laughs> abortions uh, and they just have to get them. It's 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 just really never the case. I mean, well, that's been... because they need health care, and you can't. Right. You can, if there's no abortion clinic, then there, you absolutely can't get health care right. at all. Right. There are you no know, hospitals or doctors or anything. There has never been an issue more poorly handled. You know, the the truth. It, people are realizing the truth. They're seeing what the truth is, and so you know that that light is coming into the darkness. And really, yeah. what is happening is all the lies and the mistruths. It's much better to just tell the truth on where you stand on things because what you're seeing now is information is really reaching people and it's changing laws and people I think are really much more in support of it than they would have been before we were able to start seeing that truth through technology. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's, that's definitely another issue we got to be praying for because that fight is it's, it's bizarre to me that it even happens that people are, you know, how do you want to be the pro let's kill unborn babies? people but there's a lot of them in the country i guess and uh and so we definitely need to be continually praying on that front for Mm -hmm. sure um but let's uh let's close out here guys the ukraine update and we had big news this morning as president Zelensky of ukraine addressed congress today and um it was uh you know a pretty powerful uh, set of remarks there and he thanked president biden and americans for their support but He also issued a direct challenge, essentially, to President Biden. He said, quote, I'm I'm addressing President Biden. You, the leader of your nation, I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means being the leader of peace. Uh, And he, in the midst of it, he he, um, basically called for specific help with the no-fly zone uh, that he wants America and NATO to sort of, you know, uh, impose over Ukraine. Uh, there are some issues with that we'll get into in a second. But uh, Zelensky also pointed out to Americans December 7th, 1941. Um, he talked about 9-11 and tried to get people to say, hey, this is essentially what we're going through right now. Quote, when innocent people were attacked from the air. Uh, and he also said that Russia has turned the Ukrainian sky into a source of death for thousands of people. Uh, we just showed, I mean, the, the report we talked about yesterday, guys, um, that rocket that hit the, the apartment building uh, near where our George Thomas was staying at a church just a couple miles away. And uh, he yeah. felt that rocket blast shake his building. And um, 
you see that video. We've got the video over in a report on, on the CBN News YouTube channel right now. And you just see people walking down the street. Now, I don't know. Now, look, if I'm in Ukraine, uh, you know, uh, if I'm fighting, I'm fighting. If I'm not, I'm fleeing because, you know, someone's walking down the street. I don't know. Doesn't seem like a good day to go for a neighborhood walk in a rock. But anyway, a rocket just strikes not far away. And I mean, it's just terrifying to think of. So he's basically trying to help Americans remember what it was, what it was like on those couple days. Um, and so he then ended up saying that, uh, um, thousands of people has, have died, that there are missiles and quote, countless bombs being dropped by Russia. He said, quote, is this a lot to ask for to create a no fly zone over Ukraine to save people? Is this too much to ask a humanitarian, no fly zone, something that Ukraine that Russia would not be able to terrorize our free cities. Now, this is a source of contention, guys, because there are a lot of conservatives, uh, people on both sides of the aisle that are saying, hey, a, a no-fly zone is, this is not just some simple measure you can take, like uh, imposing sanctions where you can just sort of say, well, we're going to do these sanctions. Uh, there's a lot more that comes with it. And so you have, and so the Biden administration has said, no, that they're not going to do that. You have a lot of conservatives agreeing with that. And why is that the case? Well, I mean, it sounds good, right, on the outside. Yeah, just tell them they can't fly in there, and then that'll be great, and then we'll stop all these bombings that go on. But what that means, uh, if you're going to you know, uh, impose a no-fly zone there, uh, that would require NATO forces to shoot down any Russian planes that fly over Ukraine. And, and yeah. even more than that, um, they would have to you know, neutralize Russia's capacity for firing missiles into Ukraine, into their airspace. So basically, NATO would have to um, be conducting bombing raids over Russia, perhaps, to knock out some of these missile silos. Um, you, you'd essentially just be entering the war, is what you'd be forced to do, because if you say no-fly zone, I mean, do you think Russia's just going to stop flying in at this point? I mean, maybe they would, but it seems like they're bent on war right now. So everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people on both sides of the aisle see that as a dangerous idea and that one that would really uh, escalate us into essentially into a war, uh, a war, and it would be a world war with the NATO, NATO powers you know, versus Russia. And surely if something like that broke out, you'd likely see China and Iran siding with Russia in that if, if they were forced to pick a side. And so... Uh, so obviously a dangerous situation there. And uh, Zelensky's words also came with a powerful video montage, which also we have up on uh, the CBN News YouTube channel, um, showing just the devastation of war and what's going on there. And you're just seeing these civilians targets being hit, guys. And um, I think Putin really thought this thing would be over in a couple days. If Zelensky would flee, they could install their pub public government. But we're three weeks into this thing now, and Ukrainians are vowing to fight. And it looks like it's just going to go on. And who knows when this thing ends. So we need to be praying uh, on several fronts. And as we talked about yesterday, continue to pray for George Thomas and Chuck Holton, who's also over there, just that they would stay safe. As we're seeing that Russia doesn't care uh, if you're a journalist or not. They're going to they're gonna shoot. When they're shooting, they're going to shoot indiscriminately. And, you know... They don't really seem to care about the consequences. Yeah, it's um, 
it's a little crazy because I still sit back and wonder how does this end, right? Yeah. I mean, who would have imagined we'd we'd be having the president of Ukraine address, you know, parliament in Canada and our Congress here, and he's on this tour around the world, and they're not giving up, and Russia's clearly not giving up, and we've seen losses of life across the board here, and it's just it's a little. It's a little scary how close they are to the border of NATO nations, as you were mentioning, that sparks us into a massive potential world war. Um, so I think we just need to be praying for peace and clear minds and you know, for Putin to just get with it at this point. I mean, this is just the end game is nowhere in sight unless there's some magic end game that he has that nobody else can see. I, I don't know why this is even happening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it is important to have... Uh, to, to be nuanced in our response and to, because uh, like you said, Dan, it, it sounds really good to say that we'll implement a no fly zone. Uh, but then we're responsible for backing up what we said we're going to implement uh, when Russia undoubtedly doesn't uh, fall in line right. with a no fly zone. So Marco Rubio has actually been really good about explaining that he's gone on a press circuit a few times uh, and done like the morning shows on Sunday and, and has kind of explained what that would actually mean. You did a good job too of explaining it, Dan, but I think it's important um, because in like a, 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 this Twitter era, it can sound yeah. really good. Like right. give me a really short little tweet and, and yeah, just go ahead and do that. Right. Uh, but you don't really think about what it means. Uh, actually, like it, it will potentially mean American boots on the ground and uh, an American air force, you know, involved in the situation and, and obviously NATO forces uh, actively fighting. So it cer- certainly does seem like it would, it would launch us into a world war. Uh, but ultimately I think I'm with you, uh, Billy, let's, Putin just needs to get with it. He just needs to get with it. Yeah. But what is what happens if, you know, it gets to that point? Like, what is that line where you make that decision? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Boots? I don't know either. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it, do, it does seem like it could. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It reminds me of World War II when we didn't want to get involved with what was going on with as Germany was taking over country after country. And, you know, World War One was, you know, a debacle. And we didn't want, you know, want to get involved after, in another one of those. And it took us getting hit. At Pearl Harbor to where it was like, okay, now you've poked the bear. Now that's enough. And right. so I don't know. I mean, what's it going to take? I mean, it feels like Russia's not going to stop. What happens if they go and we just don't, we just support from afar with some weapons and things like that. And that's all we do. And Russia takes over Ukraine and overthrows the country. Well, they're not going to stop there. It might not be this year. It might not be next year. But in a couple of years, I mean, they're going to keep going west and what happens when they go into israel right. like do we do we not defend israel um so you know via because if they're partnered with iran you better believe uh mm-hmm. israel's on their list of you know their hit list so well because to, to sorry to interrupt you i was just gonna say to some degree this is a test right yeah. he's testing the west like how far can i how far can i push before you do something mm-hmm. doesn't seem like we're passing yeah I, mean, I don't know what it means to pass though i don't yeah. it's so easy right. to criticize like i don't know it feels like there's not a lot of leadership but i don't even know what leadership looks like right right now. right and and that is where you need someone to actually expertly lead i mean if you look at how ronald reagan handled um all of the cold war stuff and and just you know he was brilliant with it and yeah even if you don't make all the perfect decisions you're public speaking and just you how you articulate 
um, messages of freedom and things can really move people and can really stir them and can really change the outcome. And, you know, you're just not seeing that from this administration, both Kamala Harris and um, Biden have just not been particularly good at galvanizing people on this front. I mean, it just feels like they're more rah-rahing because, oh, we have to, this is the popular thing now, so let's do it. And um, it, it just doesn't feel very, like they're like you, like Zelensky said, like, step up and be a leader. It's essentially what he challenged him to do. Now, does that mean no fly zone? Maybe not, but there's got to be other things you can do um, to put a little more pressure on Putin because it clearly doesn't look like, <clears throat> excuse me, that he's stopping as we were talking about. It just doesn't look like he's going to stop. I mean, he's, he's clearly not feeling like, all right, he, he's calling the bluffs, right? And he's just going, powering right on through. So um, this is where it would be good to have another ace in your in your back pocket here. And uh, so far, don't don't see that Biden has one. So um, so obviously we can keep praying on that front because, I mean, the longer this thing drags out, the worse and worse it's going to get. And all those people, as we talked about yesterday, that, are, that have fled their lives, th- three million plus, and it just keeps growing every day. So uh, continued prayers there. But but that is all the time we have for today, guys. So we're going to leave it there. And we will be back here tomorrow with more. And um, as always, head on over to CBN News and uh, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. See you tomorrow, Lord willing. And the creek don't rise. God bless.